This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here is your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Tuesday morning. This is Coach Jen in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Christy Landwehr from Aurora, Colorado. And you are listening to Horses in the Morning on Horse Radio Network for this Tuesday, March 16th, 2021, episode 2641. This episode is brought to you by the Certified Horsemanship Association. Good morning, Horse World. It's the third Tuesday of the month on Horses in the Morning. And that means we get deep into training, education, and horsey fun with Christy from the Certified Horsemanship Association. So how do you like it? That's your new opener. I was like, whoa, I've never heard that before. (laughs) Wow. But I might miss Yoda a little bit. But other than that, yes, it's good. (laughs) (laughs) All fancy. Fun. Did you do that for every show? I think we've got them all now. All of the Horses in the Morning shows. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. Well, you know, some of them have been around for a long time. You've been doing this for five years, I think, now? Oh, yeah. I think this is the sixth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Still sticking around. Still hanging with us. That's right. So time to freshen it up a little bit. That's cool. And how much fun that you made sure it was live and then you made it happen. So I was like sitting here smiling going, oh my gosh, she's changing it up. Yay. (laughs) So cool. Yay. They're a lot of, it's a lot of fun. We, we, uh, we found a guy to produce those for us that just does a bang up job. Um, because neither Glenn nor I are experts by any stretch of the imagination when it comes to doing that sort of thing. And it's so nice to say, this is what we're looking for. And he just zings it out and sends us a bill. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> great. It's done. Ready to go. Yeah, it's it's four and a half hours of frustration that we did not have to do. And it sounds so that's much right. better. <laughs> oh, it sounds great. Oh, that's just good. And then it's another voice, right? It's yeah. another, that's cool too. Yeah. It, it breaks things up a little bit. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody. Christy is here with the CHA, Certified Horsemanship Association episode, the third Tuesday of every single month. And uh, we take this part of the show each and every month to catch up on what Christy has been up to, because after we do that, we're going to chat with a couple of really interesting guests who are going to talk about teaching riders with disabilities at all sorts of different levels and with all sorts of different goals. But first, what have you been doing? You are our official Horses in the Morning World Traveler. (laughs) Yeah, who's actually getting to travel again. I'm pretty excited. So a year ago, everything struck. And the very first convention that I could not go to because it was virtual and became canceled was the American Quarter Horse Association convention. Well, they're having it. They're having it this weekend in San Antonio, but on a very limited basis, right? Mm -hmm. Just the business meetings, none of the big um, events that we have that we normally do a Hall of Fame dinner and all kinds of stuff. All of that's not happening. But At least the business meetings are happening, and I'm on their membership and marketing committee, so happy to be able to uh, go to San Antonio to the Hill Country and stay at a Hyatt and get some AQHA business done for them. It'll be good. Yay! I imagine the AQHA convention in a normal year, and if you're listening to this podcast in 2025, just go, go Google COVID. You'll understand what the heck we're talking about. 
But in a normal year, I suspect the AQHA convention is quite a party. Yeah, and there's normally eight or 900 people there. I mean, there, there's a lot. And this year, they're thinking maybe 300 of us will oh, come that's, because that's... they're not going to have all the award winners. You know, so it's still going to be good size, but it's mm-hmm. not going to be the crazy big that it normally is. Mm-hmm. Yes. Cool. Um, and what else is going on in CHA world? Well, a bunch of certifications are starting to crop up. If you just go to CHA.horse, you'll see them. If you want to either audit one or attend one to get certified yourself or host one for us, we're always looking for host sites. So our main one is our English Western instructor. I would say that's 80% gen of what we do. And then probably another 10% is our equine facility manager one. And then we have a bunch of others that make up that remaining 10% because we're not as well known for them, but they're still really important and really fun to do. And they include trail where you pack into the wilderness overnight. They include seasonal for the ones that are just certifying their camp staff that are coming just for one year, just for the summer. Vaulting. Um, a college program, driving, and then the one that we're going to focus on today, which is our Instructors of Riders with Disabilities. And we're so excited to have two of our certifiers on to talk more about that. And our uh, sponsor of our show today actually is Monica Wu, who's an occupational therapist, and she's going to chat with us about her rainbow stirrups that she's created. So we're excited about today's show. Pretty nifty. Well, I think it's time that we give, uh, give Monica a holler then. Great. We are so excited to have Monica Wu, who owns Rainbow Therapy, um, on our show right now. She's a master's level registered and licensed occupational therapist with a specialty in pediatrics, and she lives in Massachusetts. Monica founded her private um, OT practice called Rainbow Therapy in 07, which incorporates equine movement, which is, of course, known as hippotherapy, as one of the treatment strategies in combination with her other treatment techniques. As a result of using her professional OT background of evaluating and addressing functional needs while utilizing equine movement, she went, huh, maybe we need to have a better safety stirrup system. And so she created the Rainbow Stirrup System. It's evolved over the last 10 years and just recently received a patent last February. So good job. So excited that it is up and running now, Monica. How are you? I'm good, thanks. So explain to everybody where exactly in Massachusetts you live and how is everything there today? Okay. Um, I live in a small historic town outside of Boston called Lexington. Many of you may know from Paul Revere and all the history. Um, And this past year has been a challenge, but I can't really complain. Um, My family stayed healthy, and I'm blessed that I've been able to work, and I have all my animals to keep me sane. Very good. So what? who are all your animals? What all do you have? Oh, my goodness. I have three dogs, um, that two of which are being trained as therapy dogs, and I have four equines, two miniature um, therapy minis, and a pony, which is my therapy pony, and a draft or spotted draft cross, um, who I also incorporate into my practice when possible. Okay, that is awesome. You could take a picture of the really big one with all three little ones in between his front legs. Yes. Basically, the little ones can walk under his belly, (laughs) and they do. (laughs) Oh, that's so cute. What a cute herd. That is awesome. So I want to just explain to everybody listening, um, there is a picture of the product that is going to accompany the recording for this, and it's not rainbow spelled like rain. It's rainbow spelled like the rain that you hold in your hand. And that actually has a meaning. So, Monica, do you want to go ahead and explain what that rainbow stands for? Sure. So, the 
Rainbow um, stands for, if you can follow, rhythmical equines, improve neuromuscular balance and overall well-being. Um, It took one night, a very late night of thinking about this. I love rainbows. They, to me, they symbolize children and hope. Um, and um, the color of the rainbows are used throughout my private practice in my toys, in my props, and everything I do, including my rainbow stirrup system. So what exactly is the rainbow stirrup system? Can you explain it to people? Okay, so the rainbow stirrup system is a safety system made up of the stirrups with safety cages um, with removable fleece protectors to protect sensitive ankles. Um, the safety stirrups ensure that the foot can be not be entrapped and provides a safe surface for hand placement should a client or student need support. Um, in my experience, clothing and hands can get caught in the peacock safety stirrup rubbers or the hook that the rubbers attach to. Um, the rainbow leathers are double stitched with blocks of colors of the rainbow with the numbers one through five to ensure that setting the leathers evenly. Um, There's also an option to use the easy on-off clips when using a surcingle or bareback pads, and these clips can be easily removed when using a saddle. Um, They come in 36-inch for the child and 54-inch adult, Um, and I designed the leather so they are able to be transitioned from child to adult without a gap in length. Very nice. And Monica, I just love the fact that you explain that sometimes those peacock stirrups do have a little bit of an issue, right? And people can yeah. get a little bit hung up on where the rubber band attaches, not to mention that that uh, the rubber band over time, you have to keep replacing them, you know, things Absolutely. like that. So yeah, yeah that yeah. is just great that you so, were able to create something that is still very much going to keep the riders safe if they so they can't get caught in the stirrup, but it doesn't have all of those components that they can get hung up on. Right. Yeah. Especially for little ones. And then if you use this in a therapeutic setting um, with adults um, that don't have control over their foot and they need somebody to assist them, it really is helpful, you know, to ensure that the foot can't get entrapped and that the sidewalker's fingers can't get, you know, um, caught up either. So it's a, a really nice way to support the foot when needed. So why did you decide to create this system? What was your reasoning behind that? Okay. So the reason, I don't like to waste time. I can't stand wasting time. I get frustrated with setting stirrups. And I imagine that most people um, find that setting stirrups is probably the most frustrating thing, especially when the leathers aren't matching. Um, So... um, that was the number one reason why I created it, um, obviously with safety in mind first. Um, well, and the leathers not matching is such a big deal. You know, um, Certified Horsemanship Association, of course, is the largest certifying body of equine professionals in North America. So a lot of us teach riding. And right. what do most of us teach people how to do? Get on from the left-hand side. And what do most of us never, ever do? Change out our stirrup leather. So over time, that left-sided stirrup, especially with a leather stirrup, right, stretches because leather is alive, yeah. right? Used to be cowhide. Exactly. 
So it stretches and stretches. And then you're going, wait, what do you mean you're not even on three and three? Why do you have to be on four and three now? Okay, well, or two and three or whatever, right? It's because it's stretched over time. So I just love that. Yeah, that actually makes good sense. And you're right. Changing out stirrups all the time. I try to make my students remember. I'm like, remember what number you're on? And that never works. Right. So they're like, I don't no. know. <laughs> and then if you're, you know, a lot of the therapeutic riding programs, you know, they get donations. So they're using two different stirrup leathers right. on the saddle. So you're, you know, and they're switching out stirrup leathers all the time. So even though you memorize the setting one week, it's probably going to change the next. And then you're wasting time again in the ring. Um, as an occupational therapist, the foundation of my training is to adapt with function in mind. So this is why over a period of 10 years, this has kind of gradually been um, developed. And who all can you use this system with? Um, so anybody, anybody you can use the system with. Age, so I practice and I see um, clients that are eight, as young as two all the way up to 58. Um, and so I use it in my therapy practice. However, they are also used in adaptive riding, known as therapeutic riding, and also in recreational riding programs. I could see where this would be fun for a trail ride operation, especially one like, you know, in Hawaii or somewhere where you have a lot of kids that come through. I bet it would be really fun. Yeah, I would think so. It's fun. Um, I use the color um, identification in my sessions, um, so if I'm working on matching um, or color identification, they can actually, I can take, you know, part of the stirrup leather and show the children. And they love pointing to the colors and matching it with the toys that they're searching for in the ring. So it's kind of multifunctional. <laughs> and it's easy really for my, cool. easy for me to record their setting in my phone or if I have a volunteer, they remember, or even if the child's able to, they remember week to week and how empowering that is to boost confidence and work on fine motor skill development. So these stirrup leathers can be used not just with the therapeutic community, but in the recreational um, community. Um, I also lease my horse. And one of my pet peeves is if I get on my horse and my leathers have been touched, Um, nothing's worse in freezing cold weather (laughs) to take off your gloves, to have to set your stirrups and your gloves drop on the ground. So, um, (laughs) this way, before I get on, I know my color is blue too. I set it, we're off, we go. And I don't get frustrated. I love that. And I'll tell you, most people are going to remember a color way before they remember letters or numbers, right? Absolutely. There's something about a color that just resonates with people. Absolutely. And that's why I chose the colors of the rainbow because they're basic colors, you know, for the little ones to use. And it's been um, very helpful for adults too. Everybody seems to like the color system. And I chose numbers one through five because those are basic numbers and it's easy to see visually versus on a traditional stirrup leather, it's like one through, I'm not even sure, 25 and above, depending on how many holes or what size stirrup leather you have. Um, So I really like that. Um, And it's easy to remember. You know, my kids come, I'm green too, or I'm red one. And they like to help me do it, or they do it themselves. Or, you know, I have my volunteers help me. And that way, when I begin my session, I'm good to go. I don't have to waste any time, take my hands off my, ch- my, my patient, and sacrifice any safety. You know, it's, we're just good to go. 
So what do you hope to accomplish in the near future? Okay, so let's see. So um, my 2021 goal is that they be used in all 50 states and gain more use internationally. Um, currently, they're being used in 40 out of the 50 states in the U.S. Nice. Um, and internationally in China, Korea, Canada, Australia, and Oman. Um, I'm only missing 10 states, so this is a huge, big shout-out to the following listeners who live in these states. So I'm missing Alabama, Arkansas, Idaho, Louisiana, Minnesota, Nevada, North Dakota, Oklahoma, South Carolina, and Wyoming. Um, And I really want to stress that it's my mission to make life easier for those in the equine industry all over the world, especially those who are helping others through the use of courses in therapy, adaptive sports, or recreationally. Um, And um, I'm trying to make it available and possible for everybody to um, benefit from these STIRP system. Wonderful. So let us know a little bit more, like the specifics of use. Um, how do they place an order? Do you have a website? What is the pricing on them? Give us a little bit more specifics. Okay. About. So um, it's really easy. You can cont- email me at Rainbow Therapy, and it's like the horse's reins and bow and therapy, one word, at yahoo.com. Or you can call or text me at 339 206 0110. Or you could visit my website at www.rainbowtherapy.org. It's easy. Um, And I also have a Facebook page, Rainbow Adaptive Equipment. Um, And that's a really good place to see photos, videos, and testimonials. And every now and then I do run specials. So it's just a a fun place to, to see it all in action. Very good. And I am just excited to have you on because it's such a new product and it's something that a lot of people don't probably know about. And like I said, for those that are listening, if you just go on to either our site, cha.horse, or onto the Horses in the Morning site on the Horse Radio Network website, you can see a photo of them in action. And you can, of course, also look up everything that Monica just said to also see them. So, Monica, thank you so much. Is there anything else that you would like to share with us before we uh, end for the day? I have one more thing. Um, So they can be used on all kinds of saddles, like English, endurance, um, you know, the easy on, easy off clips for bareback pads or a surcingle or a therapeutic pad. Um, I have had people ask me about Western saddles. Um, They can be used on Western saddles, but you have to be okay with taking off the whole fender um, and then just using it as, you know, the the typical stirrup leather and the... the, um, the uh, stirrups. Um, so that's up to individuals. I have, um, you, there are pictures of that, um, but that's one area that people have asked me and I can't create anything else with using a Western typical stirrup with the fender, but that was my only suggestion and some people do it. So. Yeah, it sounds like it will work for all of the above, though, which is great. So, you know, because like you said, the safety is the key, and then exactly. the you know ease of use is probably the secondary key, and then after that, of course, the fun rainbow stuff. Because who doesn't like a rainbow, like you said? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Monica, thanks so much for being on the show today. We really appreciate it. Okay, thank you for inviting me. 
And I look forward to hopefully hearing from listeners and hopefully people can continue to benefit from the stirrup system. That's just my goal. (laughs) Our next guest on the show today is Cheryl West. Um, Cheryl lives in Oklahoma and she's a certified horsemanship association instructor um, of riders with disabilities and also an English Western instructor and an equine facility manager certifier. And she's a certifier in all those things I just mentioned as well as an instructor. She does many things for us. Um, I was just at her home in January, and we certified seven participants in our equine facility manager program, and I was able to ride her gypsy vanner mare, and I'll tell you, Jen, that was pretty fun. <laughs> it was a bareback extravaganza because these, um, she, she made me sign a release form, first of all, which is really good put a helmet on because of course that's how I roll too. And then we looked at each other and said, ah, but we're too lazy to put on the saddle. So we just rode her bareback. <laughs> You've got your priorities right. Helmet. That's right. Release form. That's what's important. That's right. Release form, helmet, saddle, eh, give or take. Don't need, you don't the, need don't one need of those. Nope. That's right. I had all that mane to hold on to. I wasn't going to go anywhere. Exactly. <laughs> So, Cheryl, tell us a little bit more about your home in Oklahoma and uh, where exactly you live. So, I live just west of Tulsa, Oklahoma. So, it's a little bit north and east of Oklahoma. And it's um, fairly hilly green country. And we love it out here. I enjoyed it very much. Um, It was really fun to be on your property and be a part of all of that. It was making me want to move to Oklahoma. There's so much green there. People forget just how many lakes there are in Oklahoma, I think. There's a lot of lakes. Very, very good place for lake and boating and all that kind of stuff. And we trail ride around almost all the lakes. I love that. I've got to come back when it's a little bit warmer. January was a tad nippy. Come back when it's a little bit warmer and uh, try some of that trail riding stuff. Now, wait, isn't Colorado a little nippy too? (laughs) Yeah, we have two feet of snow right now, so there's that. But, you know, unlike the rest of the country just saying Texas, um, we can handle our snow. Oh, was that mean? (laughs) No, we're we're open. Nothing's closed. We just keep on trucking along. Two feet of snow, get your butt out there and shovel. It's just how it is here. (laughs) Pretty funny. So my boys got to make a little bit of money yesterday. They uh, hopped around the neighborhood and uh, shoveled out people that didn't feel like doing it. So that was pretty cool. Meanwhile, we sit here in 70-degree weather. I know. I'm jealous. <laughs> I am a little jealous of that. So, Cheryl, I know that you're a certifier for us in so many of our different programs, but I'd like to launch into a little bit about the Instructors of Riders with Disabilities program. We don't get an opportunity to talk about that very much on this show can you tell us kind of in detail what somebody can expect if they attend one of these certifications, uh, what the levels are, and how they can get both cognitive, physical? Can, can you explain all that to everybody? Yeah, so um, we have three different levels, and typically you need to be 18 to get the first level and 21 to get the level two and level three. And then, of course, we ask that you please hold a CPR and first aid certification. That's important in IRD and your regular certifications as well. Um, So the first level is kind of your intro level. That's where you're starting to get out into the, the system and the programs and stuff. And we require you to have 24 hours of teaching time. Um, with persons of disability, mentored maybe would be the best um, to help you be successful for cer- certification. 
Um, and you also want to be able to teach able-bodied at level one because you're going to get, you know, disabilities that are perfectly capable of doing a lot of what the able-bodied do. There just may be something that you have to address. Um, and then your level two is going to need 120 hours of teaching. So that's a lot more teaching. It doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're out there and you're doing it and you're trying to count up those hours, every hour is, there's a lot that goes on behind it as well and a lot of instruction that you need to be able to get the experience to handle some of the the medium range type of disabilities on both sides. So, so you need to have a lot more behind you for that kind of certification. And then we'll get into the level threes. Um, there you need, so it's 160 hours, so that's 40 more hours. And then both those levels, level two and three, you want to be able to teach at least a level three regular certification of um, English or Western, can be either, um, and be able to transfer that information as much as possible to each rider. So one of the biggest things I encourage people to do is to get a really good mentor. And you've got lots of mentors out there that can help you. And to be able to teach these riders not just what to do, but exactly how to do it. And you have to be able to compensate for their physical or cognitive disabilities. It's, it's, for example, if you've got a physical hip issue, you need to be able to work around that and be able to adjust to that. And that takes some experience and practice. It sure does. And I'll tell you what's unique about um, our programs in CHA, for those listening that might not know, is we don't do anything uh, virtually. We very much believe that it's got to be hands-on. And we've been asked a lot right now, you know, during these times, will we do stuff virtual? And no, we want to see you in action. We want to see you interact with the horses and the clients and the people. And in this particular program, in our other programs, um, people role play and they'll help you out as riders. In this program, you're going to be doing a little bit of that at the beginning, but then you're jumping right into the program's actual clients, aren't you, Cheryl? And that's yeah. something which makes this program so unique. Yes, and so you actually get at least two sessions where we get to see you work with those clients and how you're going to deal with any horse issues or mounting issues, um, dismounts, and, you know, those can be quite the challenge sometimes, and to see how you interact with them both physically and mentally. And, and it's safety. Safety, yes. safety, safety, safety. Always the number one thing, like we've talked about, you know, all shows, um, always the number one thing. And it's neat because the host sites that do this for us, of course, have their own clients. And they'll either have a mounting ramp, won't they, for those that are in wheelchairs, or they have a lift. So you'll also yeah. get to uh, utilize that and uh, work with those things as well, which is great. And if you're really lucky, like I had at my place, we even had an elevator. Wow. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen one of those in action ever. That's really neat. Yes, it's pretty cool. It saves a lot with a small arena, so it saved a lot of room to not have the ramp. 
Right. Oh, what a what a wonderful idea. And then can you explain, it's kind of like our English Western program where somebody can come and they can get like a level one in English if they really don't teach English very much. But let's say they do primarily Western, they can get a level three, how you don't have to keep coming back and achieve each level. And you can do that with the physical and the cognitive. So can you explain that a little bit more, please? Yeah, so some people have a knack for different styles or different ways of teaching or they connect really well with the cognitive and they they don't they just don't get the education on the physical side. So you can come in and you can get like a level 2 in um physical and a 1 in cognitive or it might be switched. And so we look at that, too. So each one of your lessons you get evaluated, you get evaluated separately for your ability to address the physical and your ability to address the cognitive disabilities. How about if you give us an example of um, your experience of working with writers with disabilities? What, what has your um, past and current been with that, that population? And so I was fortunate enough to work for um, a facility for five years and run their program. It was American Therapeutic Writing Center. And we had a small arena and, an, and a big outdoor arena. So we had to do some interesting things to get our clients to do what we wanted. But what I loved about the facility, besides the elevator, was that we had we had 75-plus riders, and they were all different disabilities. So we had everything from autism to um, almost fully unable to move the legs, but they could sit upright. Um, so that made the mounting um, challenging, but it was really neat to be able to see these riders get on. And even if they had, you know, fairly severe physical abilities, when you get them up there and they move around and they can get stronger in a way that they can't when they're in a chair or something like that, it's really rewarding to see the light in their eyes turn on and for them to be able to communicate with you or or to move and just be able to walk or even trot. And it's like a freedom for them. So that is that was super fun. And then even our cognitives, we'd see kids that come in screaming and crying to put them on the horse. And everything just settles and they become calm and they, they touch the horse. And there's just this energy that's so encouraging to see them be able to relate to an apple that also maybe can't speak or, um, you know, doesn't show the the communication skills as much as maybe we want an autistic child to do or something like that. So um, I really enjoyed being, they taught me so much about myself through them. Horses are so good for the soul, aren't they? And the fact that they help with the movement side of things is just phenomenal. I know I have just mild low back pain. And even for me, when I get on and I just allow the horse to move me and I just stay very just relaxed in the saddle, boy, it can loosen up that low back. I mean, there's so many things that are just so beneficial. And what a blessing that you get to work um, with such a variety of people with the horses and have them be such good tools for them. I think that's just super. Yeah, I have a limited amount of um, disabilities at my facility now. And I have a little boy with CP and he is so amazing and he has he has he can barely walk up to the mounting block 
and climb up on the pony. And once he gets up there, he can do whatever he wants. He walks and trots all over. I haven't convinced him to canter yet, but we're working on it. Um, But he can go wherever he wants, however he wants, and as fast or slow as he wants. And he just, you know, always doesn't want to get down. He has that freedom up there. That's exactly what I was going to say. He feels that freedom. That's so good. So I want to go ahead now, knowing that you're still teaching, you know, quite a bit. What are some exercises that you have your physically challenged riders do? Um, Are there particular things? Is it just like what all of your clients do? How do you, what are some specific exercises that you can share with our listeners? So, yeah, um, well, I'm big into biomechanics anyway, so all of my riders get thoroughly tortured by me. But some of my favorite ones, and there's there's actually quite a few, but I'll touch on just a few, is um, just standing straight up in the stirrups, not two-point, though that's a great exercise too, but standing up and putting the pelvis up towards the front of the Western saddle or maybe just over the English and getting those thighs straight down underneath them and being able to stand up and support themselves. Um, if they can't do that, then just a bare lift up out of the saddle, like a, like a mini post or something like that, is also fantastic for um, working those legs and getting that blood flow through those legs and, and getting those legs moving, especially if they're not using them consistently. Um, I really like those. Another one I do is called flippers, and we tell the kids and some of the adults even think it's fun, um, that we're like dolphins, and we're just lifting our legs straight off the saddle sideways. And what that does is it encourages the abductors, which is the outside thigh muscles, to help lift and open, which supports um, also the glute medius, and so those muscles are what lift the legs straight sideways, and they don't get used very much. We tend to use our maximus of our glutes a lot, which is our bum, um, and we tend to squeeze and tighten that, but we don't always lift it or lift it away and get the other muscles that support our writing, so that whole helps open the hips up. And so for so many physical issues, that being able to open those hips is really important, especially if they're going to try to walk or do anything like that. Um, Another one I really like I call our thigh swings, and that's where you take the whole thigh from the hip to the knee and you swing it back behind you as far as you can without moving your seat bones and trying to keep that pelvis level. So you have the pelvis bone and the two seat bones, and they make like a triangle, and you want to keep that as level as possible for the rider, encourage them, and try to swing that thigh bone back, and it helps open that hip flexor, um, and also builds up the iliopsoas, which is actually two different muscles, and it helps you stretch the hip flexors. And when you sit in a chair or you don't get to, like you have CP and you don't get to walk big or walk far, um, those hip flexors can close and get really tight. And so I've found that if I just kind of make out a game out of swinging one leg and then the other, um, with or without stirrups, 
it really helps open all those muscles and strengthen all those muscles that they need to stabilize their bodies. Um, and then my last favorite one, which the kids um, always get a giggle out of, is using the pelvic floor, the core muscles. And that's really hard to explain to kids um, or even adults that have been sitting a lot. So what we tell them is to think about going number two in the bathroom and pushing that down into the saddle. And of course, you know, they always crack up and think, oh my gosh, who just said that? And so (laughs) we get those muscles and I can put my hands on somebody's body and feel those muscles tighten up. And even in your kids that have a little bit of cognitive issues, they still can find those muscles and strengthen those muscles in the saddle. And then we practice using them like every third step or we recount or at every picture we pass or whatever it takes to encourage them to use those core muscles and strengthen those. And they need those for walking or getting stronger or being just more mobile. All of those exercises sound amazing. And, um, you know, I think that every single one of those, and I loved how you explained all the muscles too, is just so important for all of us to be able to not only be better riders, but have better posture off of the horse, right? Be able to um, do those kinds of things too. So thank you so much for sharing those. Those are really good. Absolutely. Um, I hear that there is an IRD coming up soon that you and our next guest, Debbie, are going to be the certifiers at. And I know it's full, but could you go ahead and explain um, kind of where it is and when that is? All right. So, yeah. So, we're going to be up in Washington. It's in a little town over by Seattle. I think it's about an hour outside Seattle. And um, this facility is putting a... IRD on, and it's mostly their staff. There's going to be three, I think, three outside riders that are not at their facility. And so we get to go up there, and we'll be able to use their facility and actually get their clients in to certify with their clients. And so everybody will get to do an able body lesson, which will see how they actually teach to real to not real students, because all of us are real students, um, but to teach to more upper level students and see how that works. And then they'll get to do a practice session where we'll role play and we'll role play through all the different disabilities respectfully, of course. And then they'll get to go through and actually um, work with physical and cognitive disabilities on the horse. And then we'll also do some workshops where we teach um, teaching techniques, like how do we teach these riders. And we get pretty in-depth and and specific. And then we also work on um, lesson plans because you have to set up your lesson plans And so we'll teach all the different segments of a lesson plan and how to break that down and even how to specifically use words and terms and things that will help the riders the most. So, for example, like not just saying, okay, now we're going to turn the horse to the right, but we're going to focus on also can you move your seat bones or your pelvis? Can you turn it to the right? And that's part of your seat. 
and then use your outside leg to push release the leg and then use your reins. So you're going through a progression of skills to help that rider to be more effective in their riding. So we do a lot of interesting things in this. It's not just certifying, but making sure that these these instructors are well-educated in what to expect and what they need out in the industry. And for anyone that wants to find them, just go to chainstructors.horse and go to find clinics by type. And we don't do many of these. So when we do an Instructors of Riders with Disabilities certification, it fills pretty quick. And full for us is eight. And then um, some places do allow auditors so you can come and watch the process. But most of the time, it's just the eight people that are getting certified plus the two certifiers. So, Cheryl, go ahead now and let our listeners know how they can find you. What is, I know they can go to, of course, CHA.horse and look you up. But what is your website and social media? Yeah, so I have a website. It's www.westhorse.net as in like HeyNet, um, and you can find me there, and I have a full website, and you can even look how to schedule, and we take, play, we take instructors here um, who want mentoring in making them a better instructor and in how to teach, and specifically the muscles and how to work those muscles and the biomechanics and stuff, so that makes them better instructors. Um, you can also find me on Facebook, and that's, you just look up Cheryl L. West, and you should be able to find me fairly quickly. Um, and then I have an Instagram as well. And you can ju- you can search West Equestrian on Instagram. And Jen, Cheryl is very humble. She won our Certifier of the Year Award last year. Wow. She's also a USDF bronze medalist. Am I correct in that? Yes, ma'am. When do you have so time to sleep? Just answer it's that. Amazing. Um, I'll I'll sleep when I'm dead. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Say all the good busy people. I love that. <laughs> yes. Uh, I can sleep later. <laughs> well, um, and then we do have rainy days. Once in once in a while when we have a rainy day, then I get to sleep in. There you go. <laughs> well, Cheryl, thanks so much for being on the show today. We really appreciate all the information. Good job. Absolutely. So I didn't know all that about riders with disabilities. I I had one student who was on the autism spectrum way back in the day. And I'm going to take this moment to encourage people who do not have riders with disabilities in their lineup to look into getting the certification because one of the things that I found was teaching that student really advanced my skills for every student. I really learned a lot about teaching and a lot about observing and listening to the student uh, through that process of learning how to teach her effectively. So check that out, folks. And uh, it sounds like we're ready to get our next guest on. It's just a chock-a-block full today. So who do we have on the line? Excited to have Debbie Holmes up next. She is the CHA Instructors for Riders with Disabilities and an English Western Instructor Certifier. For us, as well as a PATH, CTRI mentor and equine specialist. She's also a regional director for our area of the country that we call CHA Region 1 as she lives in Oregon. And I was able to shadow her as she was a certifier at one of our clinics out in Ohio a couple of years ago. And I just love that because I don't know as much about this certification as I do the others. And that was a pleasure. So 
Hi, Debbie. Good to have you on the show today. Good, good morning. So tell us a little bit more about where exactly you live in Oregon and how it is right now there. So I live in Southern Oregon. Uh, we're about mm, 45 miles north of the California border and about four hours south of Portland. It, we don't get nearly the rain, maybe a third or half of the rain that uh, the folks in Northern Oregon get. Uh, it, it's very nice. It's cold right now, but uh, our weather here is, is really nice and it's very green. That's the part that I love is the greenness year round that you tend to have there. Mm-hmm. We do. Gorgeous. We're in our either brown or white stage here in Denver right now. <laughs> that's, that's where we are. Currently, we're very white. <laughs> oh, that's right. You had a lot of snow. We had quite a bit, yes. So I know we're talking today about our Instructors of Writers with Disabilities program. I'm, I'm so excited because we don't tend to talk about this program as much as some of our others. So um, we Cheryl explained a little bit more about the actual process if you're a participant and you attend one. Could you go ahead, and there might be some potential host sites that are listening today that might work um, with writers with disabilities that might be interested in hosting. Could you explain a little bit more about what you look for in a host site? I can. So the host site, the best place to go and start is the CHA website. And you go to the programs tab and how to host a clinic workshop. On there, if you haven't previously hosted, you'll click on the button which says new host sites. And then you'll find a checklist. And yes, it does look a bit daunting, but don't worry. We are always here to help you um, get through that checklist. Uh, as any new host site, you will need to have your site approved. And Christy will kind of walk you through that, and then I can help as well. Uh, the main difference between hosting an EWI, or formerly known as our standards clinic, and an IRD, uh, you still have to have all the classrooms and restroom facilities, uh, you know, eating areas, that sort of thing. But you also need to have a ramp. Uh, we use the ramp ex extensively through the clinic, uh, and then we also do a workshop that will include doing various types of ramp mounts. So that's probably the number one difference. The other difference is the participants will teach five lessons, and two of those lessons will be riders from your center. So you would need to be able to have the ability to set up up to eight classes with at least three riders in each class with a combination of riders with physical disabilities and cognitive disabilities so that our participants can teach those actual riders. So I think that's the main difference. And we really would be thrilled to have any new host sites. Uh, we, our demand for this IRD clinic is going up every year and we are really in need of host sites. Very much so. Thank you so much for sharing with others about that, because that is very true. You know, without host sites, CHA doesn't exist. CHA doesn't own horses or have a barn. We have an office space. <laughs> so it's the host <laughs> sites that make everything happen, right? It truly is. So Yes. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. 
So, uh, Debbie, before we launch in a little bit more um, to some of the things about the IRD program, tell us a little bit more about your experience working with riders with disabilities. Well, it, <laughs> it, I was thinking about this last night over the years. So I've been doing this for almost two decades. And I've had the honor to share my love of horses, which I started showing in Western Pleasure at age five with these riders. Um, and you, until you're actually out there in the arena, you can't imagine putting a rider on a horse who maybe can't navigate the world on their own two legs. And then you put them on a horse, a 1,200-pound animal, and all of a sudden they can turn them. They can stop and start them. And, and it's the look in their eyes, um, it, it's just indescribable. Or you have, and I've had this happen, a nonverbal rider who speaks their very first words while mounted. It, <laughs> you, the, the, the gift I get back from these riders is way more than I could ever give to these, to these kids. The other thing that really sticks in my mind, in 2015, I had the privilege of coaching a rider who was on Team USA at the um, World Games, the Special Olympic World Games. And the opening, so this was in L.A., the opening ceremony was at the L.A. Coliseum. <laughs> I really can say this and get through it. But when Team USA marched in, as they played our national anthem, it, it, it was just the whole Coliseum was on their feet and singing and stomping. And it, it was the most amazing experience. And, and if I had not dedicated my life to these riders, I, I would have never gotten to do that. Um, you know, and I, I really believe each of us is given a special talent and some of us are able to find it and develop it and, and some aren't, but you just got to keep trying. But so mine is teaching. And so I'm able to couple my passion and love for horses, which I've had basically as a toddler with my given teaching abilities. And it's just truly a blessing it, you couldn't ask for me. I couldn't ask for anything more in my life. I love those stories, both of those stories, and I couldn't even imagine um, the thrill either of being there in that stadium when all of that was going on. Uh, oh, my goodness. Uh, you, it, it was, <laughs> and I had stepped, because it, so Team USA comes in last, but I didn't know that, and I had stepped out to these facilities, and I came back, and I asked my husband, I'm like, well, where are they? Because they do it in alphabetical order, and they had already passed us. And he's like, oh, if you missed them, he's joking. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, they announced it, and it was just like, oh, my gosh. It, uh, it was unbelievable. Oh, it gives me chills just sitting here. It's so good. Yeah, I, I was thinking last night, and I was like, I hope I can get through this without yes. getting too emotional. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a, a once in a lifetime. I mean, there's only nine individuals on the team, and for me to have been able to do that with one of the team members was really amazing. That's phenomenal. So um, let's dive in for those that are listening that might teach um, writers with disabilities too. We talked with Cheryl a little bit more about how you can get a level in both cognitive and physical with us. So okay. what are some specific exercises that you have your writers do that may be, like you said, more of the um, 
oh, they're autistic or they're on the spectrum or those those types of uh, riders? And how what have you seen that has really been successful? Well, these riders, you know, we always say you have to teach to what you see. And that is 20-fold with these riders. Um, they, you know, an individual on the spectrum, the spectrum's huge. It could go from a rider that has no visible um, challenges to a rider that has profound challenges, who's nonverbal and, you know, huge sensory issues. So I have to pull out of my tool bag what the tool that I need, and many times it's many tools, because I, especially with folks on the spectrum, you might try something and it's like, nope, that's not working. And then you have to pull something else out. And this is all on the fly. You're all in there. You can make the best lesson plan you want and you get in there and it doesn't work. <laughs> so you have to be really kind of on your toes. Um, one of those things, though, that I use a lot is breathing during their warm up. That might be their warm up. They might just walk and we keep the arena very quiet and just ask them to take nice deep breaths. And we let the horses do the work. We let them, because our pelvic exactly mirrors the horse's pelvis. And so as they're walking, they're getting the exact stimulus up their spinal column <clears throat> that is correct for their bodies. So we don't have to do it. We just, a lot of times I'm just quiet and I let them breathe and let the horses work for them. Um, there's other exercises like crossing the midline. If I have a rider that is, has a high degree of sensory challenges and they're not able to focus, uh, I might have them take their right hand, touch their left knee and then back and forth. Um, when you cross the midline like that, it sends, um, signals over to the other side of the brain and it helps kind of get things organized. But all the while, we have to remember we're riding instructors. We're not therapists. So while we might employ some of these exercises to help our riders focus, we have to really remember that we are teaching them riding skills and we're not doing therapy. I, I find that a lot with our instructors, they kind of get a little sidetracked and get into the therapy realm, which we're not licensed to do. Um, another tool I use a lot is what I is what's called external cues. Um, that's what it, this is. Is it, it's much easier for a rider with cognitive challenges to focus on something outside of their bodies. So. For example, if I need for them to make a posture correction, I might ask them to stretch up to the sky rather than ask them to move forward or straighten their back or push their, or, you know, move their legs. Or I can tell, ask them to push their heels to the ground um, or move their shoulders back to the hindquarters. Um, this type of prompting eliminates, eliminates the need for linguistic processing, which means when I say something that they have to do internally, they have to figure out what I said first. Like, what is she saying? And then what does that mean? And then they have to translate that into their motor skills. But if you do an external cue, 
their bodies almost do it immediately. Whatever I've asked them to do, they almost, it's almost immediate. They don't have to go through all that processing, which then eliminates all the clogging in their cognitively challenged brain to begin with. So that's something I use a lot of um, external cueing. Um, sometimes, again, along the lines of external cues, <laughs> if you've seen those sticky eyeballs that move, you, you can stick them on things. Oh, yes. Grover. Grover yes. the puppet. So I might stick one on each of their shoulders, just on the inside of their shoulders, or even one on their belly button, and ask them to turn their shoulder eyeballs. <laughs> and so in that way, I get them to turn and steer their horse they don't have to think about it. They crack up. They think it's hilarious. And they're just moving those eyeballs. So that's another um, way to do it where they're not having to process what to do inside of their bodies. Um, and that's always super fun. <laughs> they, they laugh at that. But our, my main focus, you, you know, is you have to teach to what's in front of you. And our goal as adaptive writing instructors is to adapt our teaching techniques to accommodate the needs of the writer to facilitate their increase in writing skills. And that, that's what my focus always is and whatever I need to do. Um, I've gotten on the ground <laughs> and showed them footfalls. Um, I teach to all their auditory, visual, and um, tactile. So they, every, everything I teach, I teach the, those three methods. And so they, whatever is going to work for them. And then if I have a particular writer that I know, they're tactile. And so I'll just more focus on that skill rather than the other two. So it's just, a, it's using your bag of tricks to see whatever works in there. I love the eyeball thing. I think that is a great <laughs> idea. It's it's really fun. Everybody laughs. They get a kick at it. And I'm like, point your eyeballs to me. You know, <laughs> they turn. So, yeah, that is super fun. That is a good one. Well, right. We always talk about in CHA, we want to certify people and they need to be safe, effective, and fun. And we don't designate any way to teach anything. We just say, get it taught as long as those things are met with a lot of theory and hows and position corrections and whys and of course all that too. But, you know, that is just so good that you incorporate the fun too all the time. I think that that's just really, really important. It, it so, is because they're still kids. I mean, most of my writers are kids and, and the kids like to have fun. And so that's what we try to do. So Debbie, um, before we jump into where our listeners can find you, of course, on our CHA site and other places where you want them to find you, is there anything that you would like to uh, leave us with today on this topic? I think if folks out there that have host sites or individuals that are considering going into this field, I highly recommend it. It's, it's, it's hard. I'm not going to say it's not because it is hard. And for every hour you spend in that arena, there's going to be three or four doing something else. Um, but it's so rewarding. And, and we need talent. We need the talent in our field. Um, every clinic I do, I'm just like, ah, there's eight more instructors that I'm bringing up and, and that I can mentor and, you know, keep rolling in this field because the field's huge. I mean, if you look at the autism numbers alone, 
you can see the increase in need for these individuals. So if, if you're considering it at all, or call us and let us talk to you. And, and Christy and Terry and I, Cheryl, all of us are super supportive and we'll give you whatever you need to help you succeed in this endeavor. Debbie, thank you so much. And how do people find you? Is the best place our CHA website, CHA.horse? So personally, yes, you can find me on the CHA website. Um, And like I said, I I am always available to help out, answer questions. I I get a lot of folks call me and wanting information about different sorts of programs. Um, The other way, so I work for the Foundation of Southern Oregon. And we are a new facility. We just, I just did their startup. We opened up in September. It's an amazing facility <laughs> in Southern Oregon. It's, it's un, uncomparable. But so we, and we provide an outdoor experience for individuals with disabilities. So we not only have an equine program, but we have small animals. We have a garden. We have sensory trails. Uh, 80 acres, they can go hiking. So we provide anything outdoor they want to do within reason. That's what we provide for them. Um, And that's, again, the Foundation of Southern Oregon. And our website there is the foundationso.org. And then we also have a Facebook page under our name. So either, either one of those would work. The next time I'm in Oregon, I'm going to have to come visit. That sounds amazing. You you have to come visit. It's um, <laughs> it really for for uh, and it's in Rogue River, a little town of I don't know, can't be more than four or five thousand people, and to have this facility there that it, it it's it it really is amazing. It, it's a very much a blessing to Southern Oregon. Well, I would love to see it. Thanks so much for sharing more about it. So, Debbie, thanks so much for being on the show today and explaining a little bit more about our um, Instructors of Riders with Disabilities program through CHA and just about all of your experience and background. We just really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Bye-bye, Debbie. Bye. Thank you. Okay. Now I need to go to Oregon. Doesn't that sound amazing? Yeah. I want one of those in every state, please. Wow. I know. That would be very needed. Yeah. Yeah. Every state needs For to sure. have one. Yeah. Well, that was sure do. So so much of what we did on today's show applies to riders with disabilities, riders without disabilities, riding instructors of all sorts. What a great show! Yes, and you know we get asked a lot. Well, what does it take to be an instructor of riders with disabilities? And all it takes is to be a very good riding instructor, as Debbie mentioned. You don't need to be a therapist, right? We're not licensed to do that. Just a very good riding instructor who's willing to listen, learn, teach, and grow. And because you're basically teaching recreational riding to somebody that just happens to have a cognitive or a physical disability. So you don't need to go get a master's degree in anything. You just have to be a good, solid riding instructor. So does, and I I know the answer to this already, but does CHA on their website, CHA.horse, have... Uh, resources for somebody who's curious about how to go about getting a certification, an IRD, Instructor of Riders with Disabilities, or other. Are there resources about what I need to learn, where I can learn it at, etc.? 
Yes. So if you just go to CHA.horse, go to the program tab, and then you click down the certifications, go to the one that you're interested in. Everyone has a webinar and that webinar is an hour in length and it's basically a PowerPoint to tell you what to expect when you come to the certification. Of course, that's just free. Then many of them, and we're getting more and more all the time, include a video um, to kind of show you a lesson in action at a certification. So you can see the lesson process and you can see the evaluations that happen at the end and how kind of the whole process works. So what you can expect there too. So yes, lots of good resources on there. Um, so go check it out anytime. There you go, CHA.horse. What I love about the CHA is you guys are transparent. When somebody goes there who's not a CHA member yet, they can find out what you really do. It's not because a lot of times you go to these sites and it's it's a there's a big sales pitch, but you don't really know what's going on. You guys yeah, are very transparent that way. Yeah, thank you. We we appreciate you saying that. We worked really hard this past year on getting that website up and going, and it has everything. I mean, it's it. there's a lot. Now, if you really want to, let's say, be a host site with us, we'll send you every single last detail. So even though there's a bunch on there that Debbie was talking about, then you go the next step and you send in your application, then we're going to even get a little bit more questions just to make sure that you really can accommodate the process and that you'll benefit from the process. We want to make sure that our host sites make money. We don't want you going in the hole when you host one of our certifications. So there's a lot more behind the scenes too. But yes, we try to put as much on the website as we possibly can. There you go. Go to it today. CHA.horse. You can get tons of information and it's all good quality information before you become a member. And then once you do that and digest it thoroughly, I'm going to encourage you to go over there and hit the membership button. You can be a member as an individual instructor. You can be a member as a facility. Is that correct? You can, and you do not have to be certified or accredited with us in order to be a member. Certification and accreditation comes when you become certified or when you try to get your, um, achieve site accreditation with us. But you can be a member first. And I would say there's about 20% of our members right now that are thinking about certification and accreditation, but they wanted to be a member first to get the benefit of the discounts on the different materials we offer and also to learn more about us before they jumped in, which is great too. So even if you're not a riding instructor and you would have no reason to become accredited as a riding instructor, you can become a member and make use of all the huge amount of resources of educational materials there. Yes, there's a lot of information for just the horse enthusiasts. You don't even have to own one. There is a lot of information there, um, not just for riding instructors, for sure. Well, it'd be a great, it would be a great resource for somebody who has kids who want to learn to ride, and they're going, mm, not, how do I find a riding instructor? How do I recognize good quality instruction? What should I know about safety protocols? Becoming a member could be extremely useful for somebody who has, as a teacher, maybe they teach a uh, camp that doesn't have horses, maybe they have kids, maybe they're the leader of a kid's group, and they go, oh, you know, we want to try a horse thing. Becoming a member, you have the opportunity to really educate yourself about setting your kids up with a good quality uh, experience. Very true. We have a lot of 4-H volunteer leaders on there that utilize it, even for their horseless horse programs. You know, a lot of our questions out of our CHA composite manual of horsemanship end up in hopology bowls and knowledge bowls all around the U.S. That is very true, too. So, yes, lots of good information in there for wherever you are in your horse journey. There you go. CHA.horse. And to find links to today's show, 
March 16th, 2021. You can go to com. The easiest way to find a specific episode is to put the date in the search bar. I will tell you now that the date format has changed over the years because this show's been around a long time. So you might have to type it in with numerals. You might have to type it in with letters or a combination thereof. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter. Our handle there is Horse Radio, all one word. And if you haven't done so already, head on over to your app store for your Android or iPhone and download the Horse Radio Network app. That way you can have all the shows you want to listen to right there in your phone without making any effort at all. Easy. We like it easy. We like it easy. Just like uh, Rainbow Stirrup System, keeping it easy. That's right. There we go. And thank you very much to... The Rainbow Stirrup System for helping to bring us the show today, as well as the Certified Horsemanship Association. And we'll see you next month, Christy. Sounds good, Jen. Bye.